0: Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we are broadcasting from the top of the Hayburn building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is WFMP-LP Louisville, 106.5 FM on your radio dial. And we're live streaming now, so if you go to forwardradio.org, you can find out more about our station. If you click on a button, you can listen to us anywhere in the city anywhere in the state anywhere in the country and anywhere in the world again this is on the edge with ka owens and i'm ka owens and we're blessed and favored to have terry blanton with us here today say hello to the people terry hello
1: people thanks for listening
0: and so terry blanton is a former chair of kentuckians for the commonwealth and is also heavily involved in issues regarding the mountains and and uh, she will be back with us in a few minutes uh, before that, we have one announcement to make from Kate Coit. So, Kate Coit, do uh, uh, you have something to share with the folks?
2: I do. Um, back in May, and you can look in the forward.radio.org uh, archives and get more information about this, but back in May, I mentioned that Hungry for Music was going to have a music or a family fun event in Louisville that mirrored the event we did in at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Fam Jam, back in June. Well our event is this Sunday. It's going to be held in conjunction with Love City Incorporated and that's the wonderful Portland neighborhood organization that's doing so much to have activities for kids and families in the Portland area. So Sunday, this Sunday, August 7th from 2 to 5 p.m. we're having our back to school family fun day event and it's going to be great. There's indoor spaces, so there's places you can get some food or listen to some music and air conditioning, but there's a wide tree-covered outdoor plaza. We'll have inflatables and food, and River City Drum Corps will be playing, and um, DJ Always, Albert Shoemake, will be spinning tunes, and there'll be other musicians. Hungry for Music will have a table. Other Portland community groups, like Portland uh, Portland Museum, we'll have tables Um, we'll have face painting and snow cone machine and just every fun thing you can imagine for kids love city also um, operates the mighty oak Academy and as part of this back to school day if you bring your backpack down there they'll fill it with as many school supplies as they have until the supplies run out they'll just fill it with notebooks pens pencils crayons whatever Uh, so it's just a, a really neat synergy of hungry for music and louisville public media's instrumental partners they'll have a table there also um, so we'll be providing some of the music and talking about getting musical instruments into the hands of kids in west louisville um, and and then in the future we hope to help provide instruments for a mighty oka Cavani music program um, And just the fun fact in all this, this is held on the St. Cecilia, the old St. Cecilia Church campus, which is between 26th and 25th Streets down in Portland, St. Cecilia. St. Cecilia is a patron saint of musicians. So this was just meant to be that Hungry for Music and Love City Incorporated were partnering on this.
0: Oh, thank you so much, uh, Kay. That was Kay Koi, folks. So Terry, uh, Terry Blanton, uh, again, uh, a former chairperson, executive from the Commonwealth, longtime uh, 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 activist involved in, on all issues uh, regarding Appalachia. So we just had just a severe rainfall event last week today is recording the show on thursday august 4th so it would have been last week am i right terry that we had severe rainfall events in uh, eastern kentucky and throughout our Appalachia. so yeah so why don't you give us an update on what is all going on and and just what it is you think are the key issues as far as not only recovery but what is causing some of the problems uh in that region of the country
1: well um As you know, Kirk, we have been fighting strip mining and mountaintop removal in Appalachia for many, many years, and there's huge sludge impoundments and sediment ponds that's holding back billions of gallons of water over top of these communities, and I'm sure that the flooding would have happened, but would it have happened in such severe ways, and um, so we there's no way for us to get on the, the ground or in the air. We can't get South Wings to fly for us, which is a volunteer um, uh, air, air, airplane people, <laughs> pilots. I'm, I'm a nervous wreck, I'm sorry. Um, that does, you know, video for us. But, but as long as they're doing search and rescue, we can't get anything out. But I would like to say that there has been two very good articles that's written. And one is called scientificamerican.com, three reasons Appalachians, Appalachia's risk of deadly flooding, floods keep rising. And then there's another one from uh, Jeff Goodall in the Rolling Stone. It's rollingstone.com. In exchange for a climate deal, Joe Manchin demanded a terrible price. And it actually calls out the industry on the fact that um, what they've done to our mountains has added to the impact of the of the flooding, because places that haven't flooded before, flooded lightly, have just been like decimated. And for those that don't know, mountaintop removal has destroyed almost two million acres of some of the most um, some of I'm sorry. So, it's destroyed over two million acres of some of the, the most precious hardwood forests in the world. Just imagine two million acres stripped of all of its trees, all of its, its undergrowth. And so, when the water hits these mountaintop removal sites that have no indigenous plants that holds the water back, it's just rushing out of the mountains, like, extremely fast. So places that, I mean, with this much rain, we could have expected flooding, but not in, to the extent that it has happened.
0: And so uh, you mentioned in prior conversation about eastern Kentucky being sort of honeycombed with uh, abandoned mines. And, uh, and so talk to us about that and how that affects uh, uh, flooding patterns.
1: Yeah, and Colleen, actually, Colleen and I think one of the new organizers for KFDC was out looking yesterday, and they had found, uh, wait a minute, she's going to join us.
3: i tried to do the google drive but it wasn't working hey but, colleen okay you're here you're hey
0: you're on the radio hey, sorry about that we were trying <laughs> to get this
3: video together for maria for a fundraising pitch but anyway i'm sitting here and michael comes his office and d parker's here so if they want to pipe in and say anything about the you know, whatever for the
0: radio. Okay, that'll anyway. be great. So, folks, uh, Colleen Unroe is a, a former organizer for Kentuckians for the Commonwealth. Since that time, she's uh, worked on various and sundry issues uh, relating to Appalachian She also has a, a master's and a Ph.D. And uh, we have uh, D. Parker there. Uh, uh, say hello to the people, D. Parker.
4: Hi, guys.
0: Uh, doing great. And, uh, the other, other uh, gentleman who's there, uh, say his name again.
3: He's Michael Combs, He's a little shy. All
0: right. All right.
3: He teaches at the community college. So D do you want to give a little quick introduction of who you are? This yeah. is for a radio program. A little.
4: Okay. Yeah. I'm D Parker. Um, I live here. at live a community college and uh, I live pretty Eastern Kentucky. I've uh, been on the ground. Um, we've all been pitching in trying to help as many people as we can. Um, uh, it's just devastating to see so many homes and so many people that have lost everything, and uh, we're trying our best to pull together to help everybody in we can, uh, from the college level all the way down to our community. Um, we're just trying to be here for one another, and uh, we could use all the support and help that we can get. Um, everybody's been great so far coming together to help out Eastern Kentucky, but uh, this is going to be long-term. I mean, it's not going to be short. It's going to take some time for it. Us to rebuild anything uh, as far as people's lives that they are involved. You know, you can never replace a life, but we're trying to just be there for them in these times. I'm starting to get a little broke up right now just thinking about it. Um, so I'll, I'll, yeah.
3: So, um, and fun fact um, in terms of all the things. So, um, D actually just got on the Executive Committee for Kentuckians for the Commonwealth that both K.A. and Terry were former chair people, persons for. Um, And he is People of Color Caucus that you're of that spot in the executive committee. So he's a gem. Y'all are gems. I'm like a groupie. Um, (laughs) What was the next question?
0: So, uh, Terry, uh, where we were, uh, Terry was telling us about uh, the uh, eastern Kentucky being honeycombed with abandoned mines and what that means when it rains. So, all of you all can chip in on that, or Terry, you can start however it goes.
1: Well, when you honeycomb these mountains and you have all these tunnels inside of the mountains, then when you have huge rains, sometimes... Those mountains, uh, the water will find the shortest distance to the outside, and that's what's called blowouts. That usually causes slips in the mountain, which causes the mountains to um, collapse onto the communities below.
0: So the old tunnels fill with water. The old tunnels. Yes. Go ahead. The old tunnels fill with water.
1: Uh, Yeah. uh,
0: so, uh, So... uh that's one of the things and so what you're letting people know that that water doesn't drain normally in eastern kentucky you know you have uh, mountains and valleys and and uh uh, ancient streams uh leading to ancient rivers right but uh with mountaintop removal and mining all the natural drainage patterns are tampered with uh uh and so uh uh, there's been like a hundred or 150 years of tampering with the natural drainage patterns of of water, the age old drainage patterns leading to the major rivers. Uh, yeah,
3: and and related to that, in terms of specific stories that I or specific examples that I have seen in the last two days, getting in from Berea, where I was staying with Terry for a couple of days. Um. Um. I was. Uh, I would have, if I were to hazard a guess, I would say that the situation in Hardverley right now is primarily due to an abandoned mine blowout. Um, I don't know that anybody. I don't know if you heard anybody when you were hauling water there up, up there deep or not. But um, I had way back when I was a, you know, KFTC Perry Harlan Leslie County organizer back between 2003 and 2011 and it took a long time to get that one side of near jake's branch fire paul um to get i mean they they finally abandoned you know aml the um abandoned mine lands like that's pre-law post-law i don't know if talked about that or not but like they did finally because the water was coming down behind Judy Dutton's house and it took a lot of like persistence on her part to get it through and then looking at an aerial view of Hard Burley and view Hard Burley in particular there is a strip mine that's near there so some of the runoff might relate to mountaintop removal but I would say it's more likely that the, the deep mines the um, or, you know, the abandoned deep mines, um, filled up with water and blew out, and that's why, and he was hauling water up there. If you could talk a little bit about what,
4: what the scene is in Harbor Um When I was up in there, I mean, it was horrible. You know, you see him, you can go so far up, like, to the church, and then the bridge was gone. I mean, it was gone. There's people on the other side who couldn't get resources unless, you know, you went through the creek to get to them at a... Uh, what well, called the fire brigade when they was hauling stuff across that way and uh, just to see so much devastation so many cars that are flipped over into creeks because of the floods and uh, it, it was a lot I mean it was a lot just to see it. You know, I just kind of just went silent for a while and just trying to help wherever I can help at because a lot of help is needed and then going up through Heiner which is right there in Buhler right by Harborly really, the road is gone. It's like driving through a creek bed, and um, you know, I just can't, I just can't imagine what the people are going through that are trapped. Um, it's just hard. It's very hard.
1: And mm-hmm. so, so, so Cullen was mentioning uh, post law and pre law, and what that amounts to is it um, before the Surface Mind and Reclamation and Control Act happened which is the only laws that uh, affect uh, strip mining and mountaintop removal and pre-law pre-law we call that is before uh, smackra and it's called aml abandoned mine land and so so many places that aml can get money even though the AML do said there wasn't any money and we know there's millions of dollars in in washington dc that can be used for it but then there's also post law which is any money that has taken place past like 1983-84 in kentucky and there's no monies there there's actually a bill in congress called the reclaim act that we've been working on for years to try to get to try to get past that would give money back to the communities to um, fix these problems and fix them in a way that not only fix, fixes the, the tore up landscape but also fixes it in a way that would create jobs in the future not just a band-aid on it but actually create jobs for the future and you know you can call your representatives or, or senators and, and um, ask for help around the reclaim act
3: Yes, and and actually, you know, after reminding uh, me and everyone, the viewers, or not viewers because this is the radio, the listeners about the pre-law, post-law. So pre-law, um, you know, Smacker was um, was enacted, you know, after two or three presidential vetoes in 1977, and then they created the Office of Surface Mining, which is the federal agency, and then states had to, you know, could take primacy so there's both state um in, in at least in kentucky both state and federal agencies here but like the way that it was designed was that it was aml was created like a certain percentage or a certain number of cents to the ton to go into this fund to address address strip mining impacts or any kind of in you know mining impacts before the law was enacted before 1977, and and the thing is that I didn't even make this connection until Terry reminded us of the pre and post, the way that the Hazard Division of Abandoned Mine Lands um, talked yesterday on the phone to somebody that is dealing with an immediate crisis issue in near Hyman, where it like one more rain roots are gonna pull out, knock down the trailer and the rest of the holler. Now now I'll get emotional and D or somebody else is going to have to take over but Terry did you explain the situation with the Joneses folks that holler
1: no I, we had just started right before you got on
3: oh okay uh okay I'll, I'll just tell a little bit about that um so so um Glenn Jones had reached out to the KTC organizer that he knew that has literally been on a job for like six weeks um, saying, I think there was a sediment pond that burst and because there was a huge rush of water down our holler and whatnot. Um, And maybe it'd be a good time, Terry, you talk about um, the sediment, what what a sediment. Yeah, so so let
1: me explain something about this. Keep throwing out these ponds and impoundments. So there's different processes of, of, of coal, right? So in the beginning, in the beginning stages when they process the coal, they they use chemicals to extract the coal, and and then it's called um, sludge. So when it gets so full that they can't do it, then what, what it does is like it makes the dirt and rock and, and slate fall to the bottom, and then the coal will float. when where they're processing it when it gets full they take it on top of these mountains and they build these huge impoundments and i know over a decade ago there was over 120 of those in kentucky because we were trying to get emergency management to like have some kind of emergency escape plans for the first responders and the people that live there well that's just like the beginning of coal and now the sediment ponds are something totally different so when they do mountaintop removal sites or strip mining or whatever they want to call it then they have what's called valley fields and they fill it full like they'll take a top off a mountain and then they take off the top of the adjoining mountain and then they fill in the valley with it and then they'll fill this valley with most of the time limestone huge limestone rocks and then at the bottom of that will be uh, two or three ponds and they call those sediment ponds that they're hoping that all the the heavy metals and and elements will drop out of those ponds so under one valley field they could be two to three different ponds below them so that's two different ways of of that of those they call them ponds but they're most of the time they're huge lakes. if people remember back in the early 2000s when the coal sludge impoundment broke in Martin County and millions of gallons of toxic sludge broke through the bottom of this impoundment. And thankfully, when it broke through, it went down and it separated and the water went down one valley and the sludge went down another. It actually killed um, 100 miles of streams on the way to the Ohio River. But it's just thankful that it separated within this mine and went in two different directions. Otherwise, everyone in in the area would would have been eliminated. And in West Virginia, in the '70s, it happened, and I think like 128 people died when when this impalement broke. So it's a very serious situation uh, that's going on. And the sad part about it is, is so many of these coal coal companies have filed bankruptcy and everything is just laying open and nothing is being reclaimed and the state is saying they don't have the money because the state has not adequately bonded reclamation I mean Tom Fitzgerald has said over and over and over that you know that it might cover 40% of the actual cost of reclamation so the coal companies will file bankruptcy and walk away and then just leave the bond to the state, which is only going to end, you know, with inflation, it's, it, it would cover less than 40% of the actual cost of cleanup. So nothing is happening and nothing is being cleaned up. So we have all these, like, mines that's just unreclaimed over top of these communities all over eastern Kentucky, West Virginia and southwest Virginia.
0: So, folks, we're here with uh, Terry Blanton, former chair of Kentuckians from the Commonwealth. We're here with Colleen Unroe, former organizer for Kentuckians from the Commonwealth. Uh, 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 Dee Parker, current uh, member of KFTC and uh, just recently uh, uh, joining the uh, executive committee. And uh, the silent gentleman's name is Matthew. Say his name again.
4: His name is uh, Michael Combs.
0: Michael Combs. Is that C-O-O-M-B-S?
4: C-O-M-B-S.
0: Okay. Okay, folks. uh, uh, We're at sort of 75% done uh, with my show today. uh, A little bit more. So what do you what would you want folks to do to know so they can help the folks in, uh, 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 in Eastern Kentucky. What's the next well, step?
4: There's a lot of, uh there's a couple of different, uh flood relief, um, uh, um, organizations or donations uh, that are open right now. And, uh, if somebody wants to donate monetary uh, compensation, they can donate to one of these organizations, uh. And if they want to come down and help, hey, we appreciate the help. They can come down and put their boots on the ground uh, like we are and pitch in and help out. Um, You know, all help will be greatly appreciated in any way that we can get it. Because, like I said earlier, our whole our whole area—I mean, our whole part of eastern Kentucky—has been affected. And uh, there's a few places that are still inaccessible. They don't have electricity or any water at all but we're still trying to reach those people to help them in any way we can. And um, just um, we appreciate all the help that we can get here. I mean, if you want to come down, come on down. Uh, We can use the help in places like Clay County, Whitesburg, uh, here in Perry County. Uh, We can can use the help. Um, I mean, that's really really it. Um, If you can help, please help. I mean,
0: so, folks, we there's there's immediate assistance. So, whatever you can do, uh, I think there are drop off spots, and we're doing the show from Louisville. There are drop off spots in Louisville that you can find through your social media. Uh, and if if you are freed up and have transportation and so on, and so aren't able to come and help, uh, there's ways to. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the Volunt- uh, Red Cross, but that's just off the top of my head. If you so that your uh, ability to help can be. Uh, but I'm sure there are people just showing up, too, I'm sure, and just uh, figuring out as they get there. Uh,
4: yeah, there's a, organizations like I Know the Foundation, they have a website set up uh, for donation link. Of course, the college has a uh, flood relief donation link. KFTC um, has a flood relief donation link, so there's a lot of ways that people can help out, and the donations, they do come to this region to help everybody with laws. job. Um, whether it be water, medical supplies, or whatnot, um, those donations do come and they are helping the people that need it.
0: So uh, that's in the immediate. Uh, and so, uh, but, and for the future, uh, are the current residences sort of safe to build on? Now, was I, did I, was I told that places that didn't ordinarily flood, flooded? and are those locations safe because of the changes in drainage because of you know sort of man-made events and and climate change has has of course added more rain uh, but there have been changes in the drainage pattern so um, what are people saying about are they talking about relocating communities are they talking about um, building higher or what 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 are folks saying for the future are they talking about more dams and levees what what are folks talking about to what are the powers that be and the people who live on the ground saying needs to be done to prevent this in the future well i know
4: a few people they have said you know they want to rebuild you know and where they are yeah because i mean this this has been home and uh they're looking at preventative measures to uh Prevent this from happening because this flood is something that has never happened before. I mean, uh, you know, I know cl- I know climate change is real and global warming is real. I know that this has a lot of uh, impacts on you know our weather patterns and everything going on. But these places at home, people want to rebuild where they're at, but they also want preventative measure- measurements in place uh prevent this from happening again, I mean, there's people like I said earlier that has lost everything— their entire homes, their families, their life. I mean, it's it's overwhelming. And just to tell them, "Look, you need to pick up and move away." That's not going to happen because this has always been home. So they want to rebuild and build back stronger. You know.
0: All right, folks, we've so, been here with. Uh, so
4: can I can I say something? So
1: sure. Um, we just hope that we just hope that everyone doesn't turn their back, uh, you know, and some new news report comes out and they forget about the people of Eastern Kentucky. So in the future, there's going to be lots of rebuilding and people are going to need carpenters and electricians and plumbers and all of this stuff to to give up their time and their energy to come to Eastern Kentucky to help people do just that. Rebuild your houses, so we don't want people to forget about it when the next news cycle comes down. Terry, want to, we want coming to coming
0: toward the end, so we want to thank Terry Blanton, uh, uh, Colleen Unroe, uh, Dee Parker, and uh, Michael Combs. Uh,
2: thank you so much for being with us. Your-